Hi, and thank you for listening to Next Level Medical Assisting. Uh, This podcast is all about medical assisting and how we can be better, more efficient, and more patient-oriented. It will be positive and supportive, bringing together medical assistants and other clinical staff to be able to lightheartedly discuss medical assisting and related areas while exchanging ideas for how to be a better MA, such as compassion, detail-orientedness, staying professional, avoiding complacency, etc. There will be no politics or controversial topics here. Now for the legal stuff, the views and opinions stored and shared in this podcast are my own and are not endorsed by or representative of my employer. In addition, I am not a licensed medical professional approved to give medical advice. The information in this podcast is not in any way intended to be medical advice. Always seek the help of your physician or another qualified medical professional for any medical questions or concerns. Hello and welcome back to Next Level Medical Assistant Podcast here with me, uh, Zach. I'm your host. I appreciate you guys returning here. I know we ended season one a few weeks ago. I've been uh, just doing some writing of some new episodes for season two coming up here likely within the next week or two. Uh, this this episode today, though, is actually going to be a special episode uh, to acknowledge Medical Assistant Recognition Week of uh, October 18th through October 22nd, uh, in addition to the Medical Assistant Recognition Day on October 20th in, in the middle of that week. And so I wanted to just, you know, I think it's a good idea for us to discuss about it and 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 acknowledge you know the things that we do and and be proud of what we do and make a little uh make a little episode about it just to 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 highlight it as as i think it's appropriate and so you know i'm going to start here with a little bit with uh why i became a medical assistant i think i've mentioned it a little bit in the past uh, you know i grew up kind of around uh medical situations more or less whether with family or whatnot i found it pretty interesting you know, in my in my early twenties, I was kind of figuring out what to do with my life. Like I think a lot of us were, uh, and I had the fantastic opportunity to apply for a medical assistant program, and and was lucky enough to get in and 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 finish it. And I, I learned a lot. I liked the fact that it wasn't extensive schooling. Uh, they taught you what you needed to know, and 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 then send you out in the field to learn learn the rest uh, or and learn more from that point forward and it's actually worked out really well for me and so this is some of the things that i you know some of the things since i've been doing it that i really enjoy about it uh, i really really like if anybody's listened to previous episodes they know that i really love the customer service aspect you know i think you know doing a lot of the stuff that we do you know it's, it's it, it does take skill but you know it's really anybody could do it with enough practice uh, and then it's just a little, you know, it takes a little bit more there to be able to do it with a smile on your face and even take the tough situations and, 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 and ride through them knowing that, you know, it's, everything's going to be okay. And I just, you know, I'm going to be a strong person and get through this, uh, and make sure that everybody has a positive experience, including yourself and your patients and the providers and your coworkers and, and whatnot. And so for me, that's, a it's a really important aspect of it. You know, I love, I love, I guess, some of the few things that I'm really a big fan of doing. I do ear lavages, which I think are just kind of fun. I mean, for the most part, what I've seen, medical assistants either really, really like them or they really don't like them. Uh, but I'm one of those people where I, I like to think I'm pretty good and I, I, you know, it doesn't bother me too much. Just go ahead and do it. I do like that it gives people that instant satisfaction uh, for the most part once you get the wax out. It's not often you can do something for a patient where they're like, yeah, that feels better right away. 
Uh, EKGs are a big thing for me. I do quite a few of them. I enjoy drawing blood. I don't get the chance to do it so often where I'm currently at now, but I do get to do it at least maybe once or twice a week or two. Um, and so I like to keep that skill up and I, I enjoy doing it. Although that wasn't always the case. I was very terrified when I started first doing it out of school, which I'd be curious to know if a lot of you were as well. I mean, I, th I think it's normal for that. I've trained uh, quite a few externs that also have had that similar experience, but um, I don't know, it just seems to be the way to go, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe you guys have had a different experience with it. And so the, you know, Medical assisting has been around, you know, for a very long time, is my understanding. I mean, there's been basically assistance to doctors and 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 providers for, for I would imagine centuries even, uh, and and they just maybe weren't always called medical assistants. They may have been called something else, but the idea is they were there to help with the ancillary clinical and administrative tasks for the for the doctor who was doing the treatment or or whatever they may have been, the provider doing the treatment. And, you know, eventually we just got to this point where it's become, you know, an actual uh, defined position that is still being defined that, that you know, we're, we're getting more responsibilities and and they're clarifying more what we can do and, and sort of broadening the horizons. And so we've come a long ways for that. You know, I've only been doing it. I mean, in the, in the big picture, I've only been doing it 14 years, but I've been doing it enough to see some change. Uh, not, not too much. I haven't been doing it since the 80s or 90s, but I've been doing it enough to see some change uh, to, you know, where the direction is going and and how our how our uh, scope of practice is is expanding, which is actually something I'll, I'll be chatting about in the uh, first episode of, of uh, season two. So some of the, you know, over the course of doing this, some of the, I want to talk about some of my most interesting experiences uh, being an MA uh, in, in celebration of Medical Assistant Recognition Week. I'd love to hear all your stories as well. If you, you want to send uh, comments or emails to a next level medical assisting at outlook.com, you can also, also uh, at me or follow me on, on Twitter at, uh, at NLMA under slash official. Uh, send me a tweet or a message and I'm just curious to, to hear your experiences and, and what you've been through and what you've seen and what you've done uh, pos really positive or negative I mean the fact of the matter is we have some tough situations and but getting through them is the important thing so sometimes it's, it's nice to be able to just talk about those and, and express sort of what you went through and, and how you felt you know most of my interesting experiences I'm going to sort of focus on positive here uh, is, you know, I worked in community health for a long time, for eight years. And if any of you have worked there, it's a, it's a unique um, situation. It's a, it's a unique uh, environment to be in. Uh, you see a lot of, lot of different things. You see everybody from homeless people to, to wealthy people and everybody in between. Um, and, and a lot of the, because of this, the demographic of, of patients that you're, you're assisting there, um, you, you see some very unique situations and the idea is to just, you know, accommodate them as best you can. You know, we're, we're not there to judge them, we're there to help them. Uh, and so I really enjoyed that because these are, these are people that really need, they really appreciate the care. And so I've, you know, one, just to pull one experience from that, I, I had a patient who, uh, I, I you know, he, uh, he was coming out of a work release program and, and he was still in it and he came in to get care. And and uh, I only saw him a few times, but we, we ended up actually becoming good friends. And he would tell me a little bit about what he was going through. And, you know, come to find out he, he needed this uh, memory card or excuse me, like a thumb drive, sorry, 
uh, he needed a thumb drive because he did computer graphics and where he was at he just he, he literally didn't have the five dollars to buy a thumb drive uh it just wasn't available to him it wasn't an option and he was kind of stuck and he it was you know he was explaining to me that it basically was a massive roadblock to him being able to start doing what, what he was good at and what he wanted to do and so you know he he didn't ask for anything at all ever uh he was very very kind and just you know, we, we just talked i just wanted to hear his story and he expressed this to me and, and unbeknownst to him i actually ended up purchasing a thumb drive for him and and i had it and it, you know the next time he came in uh and it was i don't know it cost me maybe five dollars you know something like that and this was on all on my own accord uh and, and decision of what to do uh and you know, he came in the next time and I gave it to him and you would have thought I, I, I gave him the world. And and you know what? To this day, I still speak to this person occasionally. And my understanding is they're doing extremely well and they still credit me with, with their success, which, you know, I obviously I'm very humble to accept that. I don't necessarily believe that's the case. As far as I'm concerned, I'm the guy that spent five bucks. Uh, he, he's done everything else, everything. But I do get it that, you know, without that $5 spent, he, he at the very least would have been postponed in being able to get where he's at now. And so I'm really happy for that situation. And so it's, you know, it's one of those interesting experiences that, that something so small to me, I mean, it almost meant nothing to me to buy this, but it meant the world to this person. Uh, and that was a, you know, a fantastic experience for me even to this day to look back on i mean this was this was a decade ago give or take um you know the idea of working in public health you get to to help in any way possible you know i've given the shirt off my back to a patient literally um somebody who just was homeless and, and their shirt was torn up and they didn't have an alternative and you know i had someone under my scrub top and i just you know they didn't ask for it these people don't ask they're too humble they you know they have these tough lives and just a little gesture like this can mean the world for them and you get to help them not only in a medical way but in a you know in a human way you get to at the very least you can hear what they have to say and show compassion for them which they probably don't get as often as they should just given the situations that they live in and the environments that they're in um you know you know they're not getting a lot of the help that they need and maybe that is because of addiction or whatever but people that are that are addicted are not you know, they're not bad people. They're sick. They're sick. And so, you know, we all have our own demons that we fight. And so it was a really nice, you know, it's just something nice to really look back on and be able to to help people in that way. And it's something I'm really proud of that I got to be able to do as a an MA. And don't get me wrong, I do it here where I'm at now as well. But uh, being in primary care, but it's not community health. It's just a different demographic of patients that we're seeing for the most part. And so, you know, you should be proud of what you do. You should be proud of what you've done, of your patients, you know, the hard work that you put in. You know, you may not realize it, but medical assistance, we, uh, you know, we are basically, as far as the patients are concerned, a lot of the times, we are the face of the provider. We are the voice of the provider. We are the gateway to the provider. So, you know, they don't get to, for the most part, usually call and they talk to the doctor, for, you know, generally speaking. I know some providers will, but for the most part, they don't because, you know, that time is being used for, for other patients. And so we are the connection there. And and honestly, it's it whether or not a patient likes the medical assistant for their provider can have way significantly on the decision of whether or not they will continue going there. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of places have one MA for one provider. And so 
uh, if, if, you know, if, if patients goes and they know they have to see this medical assistant for the most part every time and they have this horrible experience and they're not looking forward to it, why would they keep going back? I mean, even even if I know they're, they're there for the care, but if, you know, if the, the ultimate thing is the care, but you have to go through this unfortunate experience every time, it can weigh heavily on that. And I have met more than one patient who has told me they've changed providers because they didn't appreciate the way the the medical assistants um, treated them or was doing things. And so it's, you know, it's just really important to, to acknowledge that we're, you know, the things that we do and the things that we say and who we are uh, has a has a large impact on the overall clinic as well and, and directly a patient's care. And so we should always be remembering that when we're we're interacting with them. One of the other things that medical assistants do uh, on a on a pretty regular basis, uh, you know, is is immunizations. You know, we uh, obviously it depends on where you work. Okay, if you work in most specialties, a lot of times immunizations are not part of the job. But in, you know, in primary care, which is where I'm at, I uh, you know they're a very large part of the job for the most part. And and you know, without us, I mean, we we play at least where I'm work. I know in, in the area that I'm at, some places uh, they actually have protocols and and they there certain vaccines that can actually be given to patients as part of health maintenance uh, if they're due for it without the provider even knowing, without even consulting with the provider. I mean, we can, there's a flu and pneumonia we're allowed to give sometimes, it, you know, they got to fit in the very strict criteria, but if they fit, we, we don't even need to have the doctor co-sign. We can just give it to them because it's such a common vaccine and it's so important. And, you know, the providers, they know that too, but they're spending their time on a lot of other things that, you know, we're not, that are better not within our reach or, or our scope of practice. And so it's important that we take on what we do. So we, you know, we play a very important role in that. I mean, even the, even the, the kids vaccines, you know, I mean, providers for the most part, at least where I'm at, have to co-sign on them, but we can order them and give them as long as they're due. We have a, a very reliable state database here in Washington um, to, to reference and, and lets us know and so we don't have to sort of really wonder if they're due for that. Uh, we can put in the information that takes it into account. And so it's, you know, we play that large part. I mean, if we weren't there, who's going to do it? I mean, the doctors, I mean, somebody would have to. Uh, but doctors, you know, by, by us being able to do that, we allow them to do so many other things. And, and you know, we have the time and ability to give that attention to the patients that, that they deserve, you know, instead of sort of rushing off to the next patient for the most part. Um, because we get to more or less specialize in doing that as opposed to having to do everything around the entire clinic. And so it's it's a big, you know, these immunization rates. And I'm not just talking about, about COVID. I, I personally have never given actually administered a COVID vaccine. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, all vaccines in general. It's important to, to keep people up to date, you know, at least if they want them uh, and offer. And if they if they have questions, we, we can answer questions. You know, we don't, we don't give medical advice, but we answer questions uh, and educate them. And there's, you know, Anybody who gives vaccines knows about the vaccine information statement provided uh, by the federal government, you know, we're required to give to them. And that answers questions too. But we can be the, their first line of, of answers for any questions they may have. We play a large a large part in that. Uh, something else that, that we also play a role in is, is preventative healthcare uh, screenings. So, you know, in a lot of this preventative, a lot of this preventative healthcare is, is, is you know, there's very, uh, 
you know, very defined guidelines. And so there's a lot of things that MAs are allowed to sort of, at least where I'm at, I should say, are allowed to sort of review and, and, and proceed with on our own to ensure they're done because they're things that are due for anybody in a certain criteria uh, that are really don't any, don't uh, pose any risk uh, for the most part. And so some of these things, you know, colonoscopy, screening colonoscopy. So, you know, we're not allowed to order those, but we, uh, at least where I'm at, but uh, we can what's called propose them and note to the provider that the patient is due. We can talk to the patient about it, ask them when their last one was, you know, ask them if they are interested in it. You know, a lot of patients will very likely have questions about it. A lot of people are nervous. And I know there's other, you know, there's other alternatives now. They got something called ColoGuard, which actually we use pretty often. Uh, you can do the, you know, the FIT test, the fecal, um, you know, assay test in the clinic or the um, the FOBT. Uh, there's just there's just different different things that can be done. But the colon cancer screening in general, however it's done, is important. And so patients don't necessarily know about these options uh you know unless we bring it up and they sometimes they do bring it up themselves but a lot of patients won't bring it up either because they don't know or they they don't want to they don't feel comfortable so we can bring it up as medical assistants and have somewhat of a difficult conversation with with patients about these things again we're not giving medical advice uh, but we speak with them and just relay the the information answer any questions about them if you don't know a lot of the questions that they're asking, even if you work say, in primary care and they're asking about a colonoscopy, look it up. I mean, there's, you know, I know um, if you tell them, oh, they'll answer those questions at the gastroenterologist's office. How do you know the patient's even going to make it there if they haven't got answers to their questions? So it's a good idea to um, answer them the best that you can. And if you don't know, that's OK. And you ask the provider or you let the provider answer for them. Um, for answer their question, you know, if it's more appropriate. And so there's, you know, there's, there's lots of, lots of things. Mammograms also are another one, you know, they're due for certain people. And, uh, you know, a lot of people do come in and mention them, but not everybody does. And we can fill that gap right there, the stop gap in, 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 in the whole, in the healthcare maintenance, you know, along with vaccines like the tetanus vaccine and pneumonia and flu and, and really any other, any other standard vaccine for the most part. And so it's, it's a big part of what we do and it, it really shows why medical assistants are so important to the whole healthcare system. I mean, that's just one aspect of it, but it's it, it does highlight how big of a role that we play and we should all be very proud of what we do. And I know there's a million of other things that MAs do in different specialties that I personally don't have a lot of experience in or any experience in. And you, you know what, an email, uh, or, or a message, a, a tweet on Twitter, letting me know what I'm missing here. And I'd be happy to shout it out next time or retweet it uh, because I know there's a lot of things that are done in other specialties that I'm not even catching here that are very important uh, in the, in the, for the role in that, in that clinic where you're at. And the next, the next thing I really wanted to talk about was, you know, this how this last few years has been, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, and and really just how what the MA's role has been in that, and and 
you know, highlight that in relation to why we're, you know, we're so important as well in, in the field. Uh, and, and, you know, the fact that it's taken a toll on us as, as well, because it's, uh, it, you know, it's emotionally and physically, it's, uh, puts us in, in difficult situations as it does a lot of people, but, you know, we're right there smack dab in the center for the most part. And, and it, uh, you know, we're, it, it could be a, it was a unique field. It is a unique field still or a unique situation to sort of get through. Uh, and, you know, as long as I've been doing this, you know, I, I, I did this. I, I was an MA actually when Ebola became somewhat of a possible threat to the U.S. Actually, obviously, it was nothing like what we're going through now because it didn't quite actually make it here for the most part. Uh, it wasn't a public health issue here. Uh, but so, you know, this whole full-blown pandemic thing is uh, very unique and it's been a trying experience and it's taught me a lot. And as you know, I've, I've just had to sort of learn things as we go as well as I think a lot of us have, uh, a lot of us have too, um, since, you know, since it started in early 2020. And so the, you know, the, the role of MAs has always been important, but since then, you know, in the year 2020, our, our role became significantly more important than it previously was. And as MAs, we are the staff that commonly perform the swabs that are needed for the COVID testing. Um, not necessarily always. I know a lot of patients will do it themselves. Some nurses can do it. Lots of people are, are capable of doing it. And I realize not all MAs will be swabbing, but you know, it's something that is commonly done by medical assistants. At least where I'm, where I'm at, I do have a, I do work at a COVID uh, test swabbing site um, as a, a pickup extra shifts in my company to be able to do that. Uh, and I'm so I'm proud to be able to do that, and, uh, and I'm I'm glad that opportunity is there. I'm sorry it exists, but I'm glad that you know it, that place is there for people to come to, and that I can be of assistance with that. Because I know a lot of people either can't or wouldn't want to want to be there. You know, in addition to that, the you know vaccines. We are the staff that commonly administer vaccines. Again, you know, I, I don't know how common it is for medical assistants to be administering COVID vaccines. I know it does happen. I just don't know how how often. I personally haven't done it. We don't do it where I'm currently at in my location. Uh, but I have no doubt that there's medical assistants that are administering those vaccines uh, pretty often um, to to a lot of patients. And if, if for nothing else, we're administering other vaccines, you know, at least in primary care, maybe infectious disease um, to people on a, on a regular basis. And so our, our role there is, has become even more important uh, because that's such an important part of what we're going through and what we're dealing with in this pandemic that, you know, if we weren't there, it, I couldn't even imagine, um, you know, how bad it would even be you know there's already i mean there was already a shortage of medical assistance and i know i know now at least in the area i'm in i mean it, we're unbelievably short of medical assistance and and it's just you know we're we're taking what we can get and luckily we got a lot of a lot of great ma's uh, but it's it's difficult. I think there's a lot of places for them to go, and and this you know the whole the whole labor shortage everywhere, you know is is applying to everywhere really. Uh, but you know I I feel it in our field, and I I can imagine you guys you guys do as well. You're probably probably dealing with that, and you know not enough stuff to have to get done what needs to be done, which makes. You know, combined with the fact that we're doing more than we probably ever were before and we're busier depending on the departments we're in, uh, you know, combined with all that, it's just like a, it's a heavy load to take on. Uh, but we're, you know, we do it and, and that's why we're so important and that's why we're there. You know, another aspect of that is dealing with, uh, you know, patients. You know, patients are scared. 
Patients are angry. Patients are confused about the whole situation, as are we also. You know, we all have our, you know, without getting into it, everybody has their opinions and, and thoughts and, you know, everybody's allowed to have those and that's fine. But, you know, people are, I mean, I was decently scared initially when this started happening and I didn't know what we were getting into uh, but you know I went to work and I put on that straight face and and that brave face and I you know I did what I had to do and just you know accepted the fact that this is what I've chose to do and yes I'm in a high-risk situation I'm lucky enough to work for a company that's very supportive and supplied us with what we needed um, and you know helped us get through it and and it was you know we ended up making it through, but it, it still, even now, there's some anxiety because it's like you never know what's what's really going to happen next. You know, we, we get bombarded with questions uh, from the patients about the pandemic that we were trying to figure out e even ourselves. I mean, even, even now, like things change so quickly with the whole booster vaccine and all this and all that. And, you know, I don't blame the patients. They're, they're being told to ask their offices, their primary care offices or whatever it may be. Uh, and so they do, they do what they're told and they come to us. And unfortunately we're, you know, standing there with like, you know, I, I give them the best answer I can. A lot of times we, uh, uh, refer to the, the CDC in the, in the state, the department of Washington, uh, Washington state department of health recommendations, um, and, and, and back those. So we use that as a resource. Um, a lot of the providers where I'm at are, are, are stand by that. So it's, it's kind of nice to, to do what we can. You know, and in addition to that, here in the U.S., we are so lucky to have a competent, reliable federal public health organization, uh, the Center for Disease Control, to guide us through the experience. You know, I realize there's thoughts, opinions, and all kinds of stuff going on. I'm not getting into that. What I'm saying is that we have some of the best experts in the world working for our federal government to monitor uh, and track disease and infection, in, in particularly COVID. And I'm not going to say it's been a perfect experience the entire time, but I will tell you it very likely could have been significantly worse. Uh, and we were very lucky and are very lucky to have them to help us guide us through this. Things would have, would have been frantic and, and crazy and even more confusing without them. Uh, they, they would be even currently too without them. So, you know, we're very lucky to have that reliable and, 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 and to the best of their knowledge, you know, they're working with what they got. And so I, I consider, I consider us very lucky to be able to, to have them as a reference and as a, a guide through the whole situation. So lastly here, uh, I want to talk about, you know, where, where is medical assisting going? You know, where, uh, where is it going in, you know, it's come a long way since I don't even know. I mean, I think the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first, uh, uh, accreditation, national accreditation agencies were initiated, I think in the thirties, I could be mistaken on that. Um, and there's, a, there's a, a few of them, um, you know, but since then, you know, we've come so long, so, so far and come a long ways and the roles have been expanded and, and defined, you know, we're starting to work in a lot more different environments than, than we uh, or workplaces than we used to. And there's so many different aspects of what we do. I mean, I could just, I could go on and on and on about the things that the places that we could work in. I mean, at, you know, primary care to, to dialysis, to whatever, I mean, whatever it is, we're, 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 we're all over it. And so it's, it's, uh, it's exciting to see where being a medical assistant, where the role of that is going. I plan on doing it for some time more. I'm still relatively young. 
Uh, and I'm curious to see, you know, what happens. I know that MAs in other states get to do a lot of things that we're not allowed to do here, which, you know, is how it goes, different rules uh, and vice versa, I'm sure as well. Uh, but, you know, maybe I'll get to do those one day and, and learn something new. And I try to I try to take that opportunity to learn as much as I can and to learn new skills. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of curious and excited to see where it goes. Uh, and you know what comes across my plate in the future and I think we all should be you know different opportunities and and you know maybe maybe you're an MA now and you're going on to be a nurse or a PA or a doctor or an ARNP whatever it may be uh, and you know it'll be nice to know that you'll have medical assistants working with you that are able to very likely at the time will be able to do even more than they're currently doing now uh, and you'll have uh, you'll already respect uh, the importance of the MA because you've been there but you'll see it from a different perspective as well because see, they'll be the one assisting you uh, and you'll kind of get it from that from that side. So as I mentioned, uh, some of the, you know, I want to talk about national accreditation for a little bit. You know, I am nationally accredited. Uh, I'm not going to name specifically where I'm, I'm accredited at, but uh, I know the two big ones here, um, AMT, American Medical Technologists and AAMA, American Association of Medical Assistants. Uh, and they're, you know, both fantastic they're both great they you know some of the benefits to having national accreditation you get lots of resources uh lots of opportunities for for learning and furthering your education and you know if you need to check in with somebody inquire with somebody about something whether it's legal or whatever it may be they're there to help you you know there's a community of other medical assistants that you can actually uh actually gather with and and speak to and you know uh um, post about on their on their forums and so they're uh you know it's it's a it's a fantastic thing to be able to do i will admit that i was not accredited for quite some time after my graduation uh but i ultimately did become accredited uh, i'm very grateful that i that i did that uh, when i graduated in 2007 in washington state it was not a requirement to be nationally accredited uh, at some point in the last few years it has become a requirement once you graduate to be nationally accredited in order to work as a as a full-time medical or as a medical assistant in washington state which i think is a is a great thing so you know there there's obviously more of a push to do that uh, and make sure everybody has the proper training. And so, you know, if you're wherever you are, I don't know what the laws and rules are in your state. If you're not nationally accredited, you know, as somebody who wasn't accredited for quite some time, I can absolutely understand and see where you might be, might be, uh, might be at and thinking about whether or not you should do it. Uh, in, in my experience, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, but as long as you're staying up on your skill and doing the best you can and being a fantastic medical assistant, honestly, that's that's really uh, the most important thing. But if you're not accredited, you should look into it. And uh, if you are accredited, fantastic. You know, keep it up. Do your do your uh, CMEs and try to attend meetings if you can. And, and you know, just connect with everybody in that in that uh, in that group because you all more or less are involved in the same thing. And you can just chat about it or bounce a lot of uh, ideas off of each other. And so lastly here, I want to uh, I want to give a few shout outs I, by first names. I over 14 years, I've worked with a lot of medical assistants uh, and this uh, list of names here is, is pretty short and is by by no means complete. Uh, part of this is because I'm, I have pretty bad recollection with names and the other part is because I, I could sit here even if I knew them all, I could list them 
on and on and on. But you know, there's I've worked with so many fantastic medical assistants. It's 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 not even funny. I mean, some of these some of these MAs I, I look up to, and I'm like, wow, you know, I, I hopefully I can be that good one day. Um, and so I was very lucky to have the experience to work with these medical assistants, in addition to lots of other MAs who will not be mentioned here, uh, simply because either the recollection of the names or 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 just the time limits or whatever it may be. So this is not a complete list. And if I've worked with you in the past and you know who I am, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for being an awesome coworker. Thank you for being a medical assistant. Uh, and thank you for what you're, you're continuing uh, to do. So we, we appreciate you for Medical Assistant Recognition Week here, but also the entire year and what we do is very important. So the couple of the shout outs here to, to, to to list them, you know, I they work with somebody. I've worked with a couple of people named Brittany. Uh, they've all been fantastic medical assistants. I'm very happy to have, have worked with them and experienced uh, my time with them. Uh, I got a, uh, a good coworker named Charlie. Uh, I uh, worked with a guy named Nathan uh, some time ago. Uh, fantastic guy. I actually uh, credit him with a, the way that I approach a lot of things and. He just was so good. He was so comfortable. He was so professional at what he did. He had been doing it for some time. I don't know exactly what he's doing now, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had moved on to bigger and better things. But it, I also wouldn't be surprised if he continued doing being a fantastic MA. Uh, he was just really good at everything that he did. So you know, Morgan is another one. She's 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 awesome in what she does. Uh, she has she, very detail oriented, and I, I appreciate my time being able to work with her. Andy, uh, she was also fantastic. Somebody that I really look up to. She had the, just the, the greatest personality. Um, Roya was another another one I worked with. I had my working experience with her was relatively intermittent, but. Uh, she also just had this most positive personality and and was very detail oriented and, and you know showed me that it was okay to, to be by the book uh, and you could also do things really well by being by the book. Uh, Natalie was another medical assistant I worked in uh, worked with in, in concierge medicine. She was awesome, fantastic. I haven't spoken to her in some time, but I understand. I, I mean, I have no doubt she's doing pretty well. Uh, Becky. Uh, similar situation, awesome, extremely energetic, uh, and very, very fun and and happy to be around. It was she was a, a great person. Uh, Elizabeth, I worked with a couple of Elizabeths. They're all fantastic, and you you guys are all great. Thank you, and thank you for your your time uh, to work with me uh, and to teach me the things that you taught me along the way. Because I think for the most part, uh, all of the, them that I've worked with have had quite more experience than I did when I when I was working with them and, and I was able to, to learn a lot. Jose uh, is another one that comes to mind. Um, he uh, originally was actually an extern uh, that I had, had taken on and, and trained and, and you know, he just was fantastic at what he did. I have no doubt whatever he's doing now, he's really, really good at it. Uh, he was he was just great. He's got a fantastic uh, attitude towards everything. He was a quick learner. He didn't complain. Uh, he did a lot of he did everything pretty well. And as stated, there's a, a, a indescribable amount of other medical assistants that I've worked with that I that either, you know, I, I can't think of at the moment or, you know, I just don't have time to list here. But all of you guys have have been great and all of you guys you know i've taken a little piece of what i learned from you and and moved forward um and and gotten to where i am now so i appreciate the experience 
working with you guys and what you've given for me and what you do for the patients. And a shout out to all the medical assistants uh, in, in the country. You know, no matter what department you work in, you guys are fantastic. You're important. You're, you're, you know, you're valued. Don't forget that and keep up the great work and, you know, keep up doing what you're doing and looking out for our patients. And hopefully pretty soon we'll get through towards the end of this pandemic and see where we go from here. Lastly, I wanted to talk about the the season two coming up of Next Level Medical Assisting, this podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for it. I, I don't have exactly, I think I'm going to try to get the next episode out next week, but it, it could possibly uh, be two or three weeks from there, although I hope not. Um, I appreciate all the new listeners and all the previous listeners that have joined along the way, where I think I'm at like over 200 uh, plays now for in combined for all the episodes, which is just unbelievable if you ask me. I mean, it's just spectacular because I just love talking about what we do and the fact that people actually voluntarily come and want to hear it and hear it out and hopefully you're taking something from it. I mean, that's just beautiful. That to me is just spectacular. So that's that's awesome. I, I hope this this podcast has been helpful to you. And please tell your friends and coworkers about it if you think they would enjoy it. By all means, let them know. You know, they don't have to listen to it. You know, they don't have to, you know, it, maybe they just don't know about it. So let them know about it and say, hey, you know what? Uh, have you heard about this podcast? You might find it interesting. And maybe they don't. And that's totally fine. And leave it, leave it at that. If they're not into it, not a problem. Um, but, you know, just to let, I try to let people know and make their own decision and go from there uh, and not sort of, I don't even usually follow up to see what they think because I don't want them to feel any pressure to have to listen to the, to the podcast. So again, I would love your feedback and comments. You can always send them to me at next level medical assisting at outlook.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at, uh, at capital N, capital L, capital M, capital A, under slash official. Uh, send me a tweet, send me a direct message, whatever you guys got to do. Uh, I think you can also leave voice messages on anchor.fm, but I'm excited to hear from you guys. Thank you for what you do. All medical assistants are valued and appreciated uh, and happy medical assistant recognition week for the year of 2021 and all years in the past and going forward. And I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. I look forward to having you back for the beginning of season two, uh, starting here shortly. Thank you for listening.